let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here this morning. And Father God, we just remember, we remember this Christmas season, Lord. We, re- we remember your gift, Lord, of Jesus. And Lord, this morning, we just thank you. We just thank you for your gift of Jesus, for your gift, Lord, for Jesus who redeemed us and saved us, who made a way to you, Father. Oh, because we love you, Lord, and we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you've made a way for us to come. Yes, Oh, that we can come straight to the throne of to the throne of mercy and grace, Lord. Oh, because we love you, Lord, and we just want to confess our love this morning to you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your saving grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy. Oh, thank you, Lord, and we just want to honor you this Christmas season, Lord. And we want to remember who you are, Jesus. That you're the Savior and the light of the world, Lord. And we just pray, Lord, that your light would come and shine in us, Lord, and through us, Lord. And, Father God, that we would be vessels, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord, that the people we come in contact with this Christmas season would see your light, Jesus. Oh, Lord God, open the eyes. Open the eyes this morning, Lord. Open the hearts, Lord, that we can receive this precious gift this morning, Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord. Come and have your way, Lord. Speak through Pastor Paul this morning, Lord, and have your way, Lord God. Have your way, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? You come tonight, I would encourage you for a few reasons to come tonight. Our little babies, our children, our youngest group of uh, our handbell choirs of our, I don't know how young they go, preschool will be performing. Our uh, um, children's choir will be performing. We'll also have dance. Children are dancing and adults are dancing together and just wonderful music. But it is also very... uh, uh, evangelistic. Um, we need to realize that when we start singing unto the Lord, that it will draw all men to Him. And I would encourage you to bring bring a lost person. People that might not want to come to church might come to a Christmas musical. Um, and I would encourage you to to bring them in and let them experience the presence of God. Um, our the message tonight through music is. Uh, evangelical, which means it is a, a tugging at your heart to give your heart to Jesus. And I would encourage you to bring to bring a lost person, someone that you've been praying for. They may turn you down, but ask them anyway. You know, people don't come because they don't get asked. There's been a study done that most of the time people won't go to church because they don't get asked to go. And we all think that they don't want to be asked. You know, on the outside they probably don't, but in the inside they do. Everybody wants to be included. You know, uh, I like to be asked even if I'm going to turn you down. Something feels good to just be asked and know that you want me there. 
I know that you feel the same way. I don't, you know, as long as you don't mind me turning you down, please ask me. Because I might not turn you down. I'm not trying to say I'm uh, secluded or or um, better than anybody else, but we all are busy and we all have things to do. But you never know, we might want to come. And I know in the back of your mind you're thinking, there's no way they would come. Well, you don't know that until you ask. And how can you know what God's wanting to do? You don't know. So ask. I'd encourage you, get on the phone and ask one person. Um, you never know what impact it's going to have on their life. Amen. Amen. You never know what it's going to keep them from falling into this next coming year. Uh, I know you have somebody in mind, and I would just encourage you, just cold call them. Hey, I was just thinking about you because, number one, right now you are thinking about them, and I just wanted to invite you tonight. Just going to be a Christmas service. It's just going to be fun and enlightening, and please come. No, I can't come. Well, that's okay. God bless you anyway. I was just thinking about you. Bless you. Amen? Amen. Invite people to church. We are not to keep this contained in this place. Invite people. You may say, Pastor, they're not going to be used to our worship. They're not going to be used to worship in heaven. Neither are we. I don't care where I went to church for the first time. It was uncomfortable because it was different. I've been to many different churches, and every time it's been, I I, I would say, uncomfortable because it's not the way I'm used to. So get over it. Let God, it's God's job once they come in. Do your job and bring them in. Bring them in. Just ask. People want to be asked. Even to church, people want to be asked. Amen. All right. Christmas is here. <laughs> oh, it's one of those things where, I, you know, you look forward to it coming, but you always look also look forward to it going. Uh, we, we don't want to miss the, the, the picture, but I just mean all the hype and all the stress and the stuff that goes on with pulling off Christmas. You know, I've heard many say, I'm just ready for it to, to go and let's, let's get back to life. You know, I would encourage you this year, take a moment and spend it with the Lord. Let Christmas retake its meaning in your life. It is something to be to look forward to. This morning in worship, you know, all I can think was, Christmas and Jesus coming was for me. God had me in mind when God created Christmas. He had me in mind. He had you in mind. You were his thought, and it was his love thinking of you when he sent his son. And what a day. It all starts because of God sending Jesus on the day that we celebrate, December 25th. And it was for me. And because of what he did, I'm not where I was. And I'm not going where I was going. That's what Christmas is about, is remembering who we were and who we are. And why did he do it? He did it because he loves me. And he did it because he loves you. Christmas is good. Forget the hype. You know, it just drives me crazy just thinking about it. I get gray hairs trying to think of how I'm going to afford it and how I'm going to get through it. How we're going to deal with their family members and how we're going to make it through Christmas dinner without somebody getting upset. It's not that bad, she says. 
we do get along. But it takes a dying of yourself to get along, doesn't it? <laughs> I tell you, if you'll die to yourself, you'll get along with your family. That's revelation right there. Praise God. I thank you for that word right there. If I'll die to myself, I can get along with my in-laws. I can't. I can't. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. (laughs) You know what? Get through it. Don't just get through it. Get through it with flying colors this year. You know, uh, my staff and I have been talking about how we have to deal with the, the, you know, it's in our most stressful times that the testing comes. You're going to be tested this week. Get ready for it and get through it. Yeah, you don't know my in-laws. You don't know mine. I got great in-laws. My father-in-law is a wonderful, wonderful person. Wonderful person. I, I, I genuinely mean it. I couldn't have been blessed with I couldn't have been blessed more with uh, with my in-laws. But I know I know how stressful this time is. And we've been talking about letting God heal you. Will somebody please let God heal you today? Quit hanging on to that. You know, two weeks ago before Rob and Mark came in, let me just say for just a minute, can you believe who we've had in here? Us having Lyndall Cooley, us having Kent Henry, us having Rob and Mark. You know, Rob and Mark and, and Lyndall Cooley are two of my main worship uh, sources in my years of, of uh, being a worship leader and, and before that. Um, and to have them in here, I think the only other major source for me would be Darlene Check of Hillsong uh, Church in Australia. And, I, you know, in the back of my mind, I think, how in the world would she ever come? But then I thought, you know what? How, how will we ever know until we ask? She wrote The Potter's Hand. She wrote Shout to the Lord. She wrote, I mean, I could just... Go that song we did today, "Worthy is the Lamb." I mean, it's just tons. Um, Paul Wilbur, having Paul Wilbur in here. Um, so, you know, God, God's wanting to do something here. And Robin came just out of the graces of his heart. He has a huge letter that we usually have to fulfill. He came for nothing, and we had fought with him the last two or three years about his underwriter under underwriter yeah and he said you know what it's just time and the timing's right and i'm going to come for nothing just a love offering and he wound up getting more out of the love offering than he ever would have gotten out of his underwriter that needs to say something about you that's what god's doing here and you know i got an email from him and he said i come every i I live in the states in franklin every three months i'd be glad to come back anytime that's a reflection of you. Now, he, had it not gone well, he would not have sent that email. But he immediately responded and said, I'll come back. So anyway, that's a reflection of you and what God's doing here. So will somebody let God heal him today? Today's the day. Today is the day. You know, I, I'm having a hard time getting back to my notes. I keep, I, the second I get to my notes, I, go, I start going on a different direction. But, you know, with Pharaoh... When God was trying, was when not God wasn't trying, God was going to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt, right? And he started sending plagues. Now, he had hardened Pharaoh's heart. He had hardened Pharaoh's heart, I believe, so that God could show how powerful he was. 
to his enemies, let the children of God see how powerful God is. So God hardened Pharaoh's heart and started sending these plagues. Pharaoh would say, please stop the plagues. I'll let you go worship. I'll let you go away. Please stop the plagues. And what did Moses say? Moses said, when do you want them to stop? And Pharaoh every time said, tomorrow. Why wouldn't he say, today? Why not right now? Many of us come in here and think, you know what? It's it's not big enough for God to worry about. You know what? I'm just not going to do it today. Why not today? Today. Receive God's healing today. I want you to know I was so encouraged by the response of our church when it came to forgiveness. It is so hard to forgive. And I walked out of here two Sundays ago thinking, God, you are going to move. Even if what you did maybe didn't take fully the first time, you've had to do it more and more and more, you at least stepped out the first time. And I want you to know when you step, God moves. So maybe you're not quite over that forgiveness that you gave up a couple weeks ago. Do it again, church. Do it again. You keep giving that thing up until it doesn't bother you anymore. I want you to know God is helping you. And God has just gotten engaged in your life because of you stepping out in faith and you laying that down. So last few weeks, we've been talking about hidden wounds. These things that are so deep down in us. Maybe it's family members that's hurt us. These memories that hurt us. Memories of abandonment or abuse criticism or hatred the good news as i've told you is jesus christ wants to heal you of those wounds today today not tomorrow god god is the god of today it says in scripture that jesus healed all the sick not tomorrow today today let's live tomorrow healed We can start this process this morning. Scripture shows us in Exodus that it says that it shows us that when God healed the bitter waters, he revealed one of his names to us. He says, I am the God who heals or I am Jehovah Rophi, the God who heals. I want you to know that the healer is here today. When God's presence comes, all of him comes. When you come in here with a need, a provision need, Jehovah Jireh, when he when, when the presence of God comes, the provider comes. If you're dealing with stress and pressure, I want you to know that when you usher in the presence of God, when you decide to come into his presence, you know who comes? Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, my peace. The key is going into the presence of the Lord. When we have the presence of the Lord, which we have today, we have all of God. Not just a portion. We have it all. We started looking at the steps that it needs to take to help these heal, these wounds to heal. Isn't it something that the sun that the sun shines right in here, right on this hour? You know, I turn around, I get blinded, blinded by the light. That's where I'm going today. It sounds funny, but wait until you see what my what t- today's subject is. Number one, we've got to reveal our pain. You know, we've got to accept that that pain is really there and we need to acknowledge it. I have this pain. I'm not going to ignore it anymore. God, I have this. You can have it. I must reveal my pain. 
says you're never going to get anywhere until you face your feelings straight on. The Bible talks about stuffing the problem down under. And we learned a couple weeks ago that when you when you hinder that, when you stuff that down deep and don't deal with it, you're only hurting yourself. You're not hurting anybody else. Number two, this is what we looked at two weeks ago, that we must forgive or release those who have hurt me. You say forgiveness, but they don't deserve to be forgiven. I didn't say they did. Neither do you deserve to be forgiven. But God has forgiven you anyway because he loves you. I'm saying to forgive them for your own sake. Now, I was pretty hard a couple weeks ago saying people are not worth forgiving. They are because Jesus says they're worth forgiving. We have worth. I have worth to God. I'm created by him in his image, and he loves me, and he speaks highly of me. But many times we don't see that worth, and we need to forgive for our sake because God tells me to. I'm called to forgive him, not because he deserves to be forgiven, but because I'm told to and because it's for my benefit. I love God's motivation because he has me in mind. Amen? I'm the beneficiary of following him. good you can't get on with your life as long as you're stuck in your past as long as you hold on to resentment you are stuck and you are allowing that person to still control you this person that's done something to you years ago you are allowing to still control you not them they don't have the power to control you you have the power to let them have control you hear me? It's up to you. Number three, you got to replace the 80s with God's truth. You know, I was just having a conversation with my wife this week, and I have XM radio, and, and it has an 80s channel, and I find myself on it pretty regular. And I'm surrounded by Mr. 80s. You didn't know this. Pastor Stephen was voted most likely his senior year to stay in the 80s. <laughs> you think I've made it up. It's the truth. I think you have a yearbook with it saying in it, don't you? I'd like to see it if you do. But yeah. <laughs> I'll just tell you, brother, the 80s are gone. <laughs> your brain is like a tape recorder. Your brain is like a tape recorder, and it records every single experience that you have, that your five senses can take, your sense of smell, your sense of taste, the things you've seen and heard and touched. It's all in there. Things people have said, things that you have seen, your brain is an amazing recorder, and it records it all down, the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, the true, the false. You know, I know I know you all have certain memories. Uh, let me share one of mine. Um, you know, your sense of smell is one of the most strongest senses that you have. 
And every now and then I'll catch, I'll catch a whiff of a certain smell that just immediately takes me back to a time. And, and this is going to sound funny to my dad, but we raised Holstein calves for a, for one winter. Was it more than one winter? All I remember is one winter. I've tried to block it out as much as I can because we had to wake up at five in the morning and feed them, and we had quite a few to die, and, you know, I had to give them medicine. But we would mix up a bottle of uh, powdered milk that goes in one of those big bottles, you know, with the just the big, huge bottle and have to shake it up, and that has a smell. And every now and then I smell that, and all of a sudden I completely flash back to there. It's like an out-of-body experience. It's like all of a sudden I smell it and, it's like, man, what a memory. If anybody, this is a kid's movie, movie, but if anybody's ever seen the movie Ratatouille, they serve this, this critic this peasant meal, Ratatouille. And the second he takes the first bite, he looks at it and he thinks, how dare them serve me some peasant meal. But the first bite he gets, he flashes back to his childhood, falling down and his mother serving him this meal. It's, it's the funniest and most touching moment in that whole movie. I mean, I laughed out loud because it was just so funny to see him go back to, you know, crying to his mom and his mom serving him this. But, you know, we have those memories. Sometimes we don't even realize they're there. And something triggers it. And we remember it. Your brain has an, an unbelievable ability to remember things. Have you ever heard a song from 30 years ago and you can repeat the entire lyrics? Have you ever done that and sang it and think, Oh my gosh, I can't believe what I used to sing. The songs from Greece, which we love. And then you start singing them in front of your five-year-old and it's like, I can't sing that. What have I been singing all this time? But here's the problem. Many times your brain doesn't distinguish between true and false, especially when you're a kid. There's some things that people said over you that were flat-out lies. And if you believe them, you act on them. Many of us are still operating on faulty data. When you base your life on faulty data, what happens is what becomes is a self-defeating lifestyle. You set yourself up for failure and pain and hurt. Some of you when you were kids had adults or authority figures say in your life, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're never going to amount to anything. I'm embarrassed to call you my child. You're uncoordinated, coordinated, you're goofy, you're dumb. Why can't you be smart like your sister or your brother? And on and on. They say things like, you're worthless. You're never going to be worth anything. And that went into a recorder. And some of you are 20 years old, 30 years old, 40, 50, 60, and you're still operating out of those old tapes. You remember the old eight tracks? You had to have this big device that sat underneath your car and it was like a CB radio and you'd jam that thing in. Well, that thing's never been pulled out. Many of you still have eight tracks. We had one of those big reel-to-reel things. You remember those things? But many of those are still playing in your in your mind. You've not converted to DVD or CD. You've not moved on. 
It's time to move on. It's time to take those things out. You know, there was a day when I took my music and I burned it. I put, a, put gas to it and I lit it on fire. That's what you need to do with some of your past. You know, you need to write it down. You need to put it in a trash can and set that sucker on fire. We're still dealing with it and wondering why these things still defeat you. These self-defeating actions and habits. You know, Albert Einstein says, this is his definition of insanity. Is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. You know, this morning I've been thinking about the term insanity. And we want to think about us going crazy and just losing it. But I think sanity is giving your heart to Jesus. It is the only truth. Jesus is the only truth. Everything else is false. And when we allow ourselves to hang on to that which is false, we are not thinking straight. We are not thinking according to kingdom. And I believe that we need to re-look at what insanity is. Are we thinking kingdom thinking or are we thinking worldly thinking? Which one are we thinking? And if we're still hanging on to those things that's been said over you, you are not thinking according to the kingdom. And it is causing you to live a self defeated life it says in Romans 12 2 it says let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think we can't expect to keep living the same way and getting a different result how does God change us how does he transform us he changes us by changing the way we think. How does he do that? Number one, we get down on our knees and we pray and we say, God, will you remove these memories from my mind? These things that hurt, these open wounds in my heart, they still hurt. Lord, remove these memories and begin that process. But number two, you've got to start filling yourself with what God says and not what, not always reflecting on what your dad said or what your granddad said, or what your math teacher said, or what some kid said to you about the way you look. Something that's, that's uh, I even hate to share this, but I'm going to share it anyway. Something I've said over my child, and it was Pete, and we just talked about it in the last day, is he's fair, more fair-complected than we are. And we give him a hard time because he always has to put on sunscreen sometimes when the other kids don't. But you know what? God made him exactly the way that he's made. And who's to say that I'm any better for having a darker darker skin? You know, my granddaddy has Cherokee. He's part Cherokee. So part of, part of that has gotten into my children. That's why a few of my girls are, are darker and Pete's lighter. Well, my wife's fair skin. Well, I love her and she's the most beautiful thing on this earth. But when I start talking about Pete, he had started to think he's lesser because of his skin color. Daddy thinks lesser. Not just that he's different, but daddy thinks lesser. No, sir. You're beautiful and I love you just the way you are. And I'm going to stop speaking that over you, even though we're just, in my mind, was having a good time. But it was hurting him. That was just yesterday. 
So we all, even sometimes when we don't know it, we're saying things that are impacting our kids. We, we raked the leaves yesterday, me and my whole family, and there's no telling what I need to repent over over saying to them while we were raking the leaves. I'm really not kidding. We got real a few times. But doggone it, we're going to work. We're going to do a good job, and I don't want to hear any fussing out of you. Now do it. Rita Marie said, what happens if we don't rake the leaves? I thought she meant, what happens if I choose not to do what you're asking? And that isn't what she was asking at all. She just means, what happens to the grass if we don't rake the leaves? Good question. You know what? You need to ask the question, what happens to me if I don't turn my life to God? Because there are answers for that. But also ask, what if I do? You know, in removing the leaves, it doesn't kill the grass. It looks good. It's healthy for us as a family. It's healthy for us physically. It's healthy for us emotionally and relation relationally. There's a lot going on in my whole family getting out and raking leaves. We're going to learn to work, and we're going to help our grass. We're going to help the appearance of our, of our property. There's a lot going on when we line up with God. God says to work. Not to mention all the spiritual things that's going to happen to me and my family for getting out and working, and for me and my wife teaching my children to work. But what's the replication? What's the... Is that the right, not replication? What's the ramification? I'm about to be careful. (laughs) What happens? Repercussion? (laughs) Whatever. What's the result of if I don't do this? (laughs) And what's the result if I do? Today's the day to give it up. Do not go to your family's household carrying this baggage with you. you got enough baggage with all the presents, all the food that you're having to cook, all the food that you're going to have to eat. Some of it might not be so good, some of it being very good, and you're putting on a few extra pounds. you got enough to worry about than this other stuff. And they don't deserve for you to show up with that baggage. Leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord. And leave it there. It's time to leave it there. The great thing about letting God transform us by allowing the word to come in is you don't have, as long as you're feeding yourself on the word, you don't have to feel like you got to have this great memorization of God's word. The Holy Spirit, it shows us in the word that the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the word of God to you. But you've got to get the word of God into you. But the third thing that you need to believe, the third thing you need to do um, is you believe the truth about you. Got ahead of myself here. The first thing is we change the way we think. The second thing is we allow God's word, the Bible, to get into us, filling our minds with this book. It'll start erasing the old tapes. The more you allow the word to come into you, the more you build your life on truth and you replace the lies. The third thing that you do is that you start to believe the truth about you. What is the truth about you? Ephesians 1.4 says, Through what Christ would do for us, God decided to make us holy in His eyes without a single fault 
We stand before him covered with his love. Without a single fault. That's not how your spouse looks at you. That's not how your parents look at you. That's not how your friends look at you. That's how God looks at you. Covered in his love without a single fault. That's you. Say, that's me. That's me. That's how God sees you once you step across the line and give your heart to Christ. Without a single fault. He takes everything you've done wrong, the guilt, the regrets, the shame, the hurt, hurts, and he erases it and says, we're going to start over. You say, Pastor, I gave my heart when I was five. I gave my heart when I was five, but he gives me a chance to start over again today. Why? Because that's the way I really am? Because I'm really perfect? No, because of what Christ's love has done for you. That's the good news. Psychologists have proven over and over again that the way that you see yourself, your self-esteem, your self-worth, your self-concept is largely determined by the most important person that you think is in your life. The person that you value the most is, is a lot of times the person who helps build your self-esteem. A lot of times that's your mother or your father or, or, or maybe a teacher. And that's why when they have had these negative things to say, it has had such great impact. Maybe it's your spouse has spoken negatively over you. And you've allowed it to have such great impact. What I would ask you to, to, to do today is to allow Jesus to be that most important person in your life. Look at what he says about you. You know, many times we say things that we don't mean. I've said so many things that I don't mean, but the, the person receive them, receiving them have taken them to heart. So many times I've said things that I don't mean, but yet the person receiving has taken them as truth, and it wasn't truth. And you try to say, look, I want to take that back. It's too late. My recorder has gotten it. And I can't blur, I can't block that. Now it's my only focus until I allow the Lord to erase it. Have you ever put a, put a tape in, on, on one of those magnets that just, you, you just wipe it over it and it erases it? Have y'all ever seen one of those? We have one of those here with our old tapes. All you gotta do is just run it past it. Once it goes past it, that magnetic whatever does whatever to that magnetic tape and gone. That's what I need in my mind is for my mind to have God's magnet just go, gone. I can take care of that. Let me have it. God is saying, let me have it. Are you going to listen to liars? You're worthless. You're worth nothing. Or am I, or are you going to listen to what Jesus said? What has Jesus said? The Bible says when you are in Christ, that you are valuable, that you are acceptable, that you are lovable, that you're forgivable, and that you're capable, and that you're usable by God. That's what God says about you. So the question is, who are you going to believe? What somebody lied to you about? What somebody told you on the school grounds? 
what some imperfect, sinful authority figure said to you or what God says about you. Church, I would encourage you again today to take your burden to the Lord and don't take it to Christmas with you. Leave it here. Leave it in your pew where you're sitting. Leave it at the cross. That's where we're going is to the cross and accepting what Jesus did on the cross and saying, Lord, I don't want this anymore. You don't want me to have it anymore. Here it is. I ask you to remove me from the 80s and put me in kingdom. I want to think like you think. You've said that I have the mind of Christ. Lord, let that be. Let that be done in my mind. Let me see my family members the way that you see them. Let me learn to love those that I'm going to visit the way that you love them. Lord, your word tells me that I can through you. Now I submit myself to you right now and I ask you to help me. Father, I just ask right now that we just have the best Christmas ever, not due to what our gifts are given or received, Lord, but because of the way that we are allowing you to work in our lives. I think that we would all be willing to probably give up everything that we would get for Christmas in order to have these pains removed. Lord, I just ask you right now to allow us to help us to give you this pain. Lord, we, we, we came to the altar for forgiveness last week, but Lord, the pain sometimes is still there. Lord, I ask you to deal with the source, deal with the pain this morning, that we would remove these old tapes and replace them with your word. Lord, your, you have showed me so many times that if we would have your word working in our lives, Lord, that a lot of these things are going to go away. That's why, that's all I've been preaching is you need to be in the word. Lord, help us to make a commitment this year to read your word, to find out what it is that you say about us. Lord God, you're a healer, but we need to read it and we need our faith to increase so that we can believe you to be our healer. You are the healer. You are the provider. Lord, I just ask you to come this Christmas season. And help us. Lord, our family members are still probably going to act like they usually act. But that doesn't mean we have to act that way. Lord, help us to, to be a better reflection of you this year. Let us be salt this year. And Lord, let the love of God be seen when we walk into our family's places. Father, I just ask right now that anyone here under the sound of my voice that has never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior would do so today. My friend, everyone here has sinned. Scripture says that all have sinned. All have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. I have sinned. You have sinned. But I want you to know that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. He died on that cross just for you so that you might be able to live a more abundant life. You've been living a life of pain and torture. I want you to know today is the day to give your heart to Jesus. I know that down deep you know it. You know it. You, feel, you felt something tugging at you all morning saying it's time to give my heart. I want you today, when we, when we stand up to sing, to walk this aisle and pray with someone up here on the front. We'll have deacons up front and pastors up front. We want to pray with you. 
to give your heart to Jesus. If there are those here that just want someone to lay hands on and to pray for a hurt that you're dealing with, I want you to walk this aisle again this morning. You may say, Pastor, I just walked two weeks ago, but it's still hurting. Walk again. Scripture shows us to keep knocking on that door until we get our provision. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Keep coming, whether it's a physical hurt, whether it's a mental or a spiritual hurt. Maybe God is, maybe you've been hurt by God and you don't understand some things that God has done. Take it to Him this morning. He is ready and willing to answer. Thank you, Lord. If you would, everyone stand. Deacons, would you come forward, please? Pastor Stephen. And I just ask you right now, where you're sitting, or if you desire to walk up, walk up this aisle and let us pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing.